Today I've met with Simon Allison. Simon is the head of marketing at the Inception Group, a hospitality group behind many award-winning bars, restaurants and clubs in London. In this episode, we talked about how the COVID crisis has led to unexpected learning. We talked about learning on the job and how important it is to personalize the learning experience for professionals. We talked about what it takes to build a career promoting nightclubs and bars. I really enjoyed having him on the show. His name is Simon Allison. Simon, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today for this, uh, this new episode. Um, I'm really glad you joined us. And uh, so for the audience, uh, Sam is, uh, Simon sorry, uh, is the head of marketing at Inception Group. Um, so I'd love for you to tell us more a little bit about what you do there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the Inception Group and, uh, you know, the, the business. Uh, so, yeah, please um, tell, us, tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. Well, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be on. Um, I'll start with what Inception Group is. So we are a collection of 12 or 13 uh, primarily cocktail bars based in London. But we also have a nightclub, which obviously is currently shut, and uh, a couple of restaurants. So I think the way we try and um, differentiate ourselves is we're all about the experience. So it's commonly you know, something that goes around the group, I guess, quite a lot as a catchphrase, is that you know, after you go somewhere, you might not remember the drink you had, the food you had, but you will remember the experience that you had. Um, sorry, can I just shut my dog up? Which <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. We are we're dog uh, friendly, we're pet friendly here, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you 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 might not remember the food you had, the drinks you had, but you remember that you had an incredible experience, um, and that's where our point of difference really is giving you a semi-immersive experience. The staff will be totally in character. The venues will be. Um, entirely within the brand identity so there'll be a lot of escapism in that the entertainment will be very unique um, to that venue and very specific to that brand so we try and take what is effectively themed bars to what what, that, what most people call them uh -huh. uh, we take it all the way um, and we have five different brands currently the most famous of our well most well known of our brands would probably be Cahoots um, which is a 1940 tube station bar in Soho. And then Mr. Boggs, which is a Victorian uh, collection of bars, with six, based around the novel, around the world in 80 days. Um, so quite a fun, you know, extension of that novel. And then we have Bunga Bunga, which is sort of all dancing, karaoke, singing, uh, based, based on Yeah. Um, it, I think as a group, um, we'd probably say we're quite entrepreneurial, quite innovative. You know, it's um, it's a democracy in that respect. Some of the names of our venues have have come through interns, and some of our best experiences have come from people on work placement or graduate programs. So, it, it's not a top-heavy organisation. It's full of absolutely mad, crazy ideas, um, where you can't really tell if somebody's purposefully, you know, taking the mick and joking, or if it's a genuine idea. So really innovative, very creative. Um, as a young company, you know, it's been going 10 years or, or something like that. So we feel that we've gone from being a small business to a medium business quite quickly. And now um, that's, that's where we are. That's where we were pre-pandemic anyway. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how, how tough it's been for you guys. I mean, uh, uh, 
I mean, how, how I, I can't imagine literally, like, I don't know how you, how you're dealing with all this. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think we, we, we like to say we saw it coming in that we, we heard him you know, probably in February, maybe that we, we were taking it quite seriously. We, um, a lot of our business is corporate um, events, especially, you know, heading as you get later into the year and you head in towards Christmas, but you have big sort of global events meeting in London and we'll of, often host the, um, the after parties, it were, let's say a big, a big gas thing or big oil thing or something like that. And bookings were starting to cancel. And that's where we, our, our sort of everyday business wasn't affected by it in terms of Londoners and, and local tourists, but we were seeing big event changes. So, and, and then it just, the, the day Boris announced it, we shut the office, bookings just cascading. All of our revenue was taken in venue. Um, we didn't have a online business as such, other than maybe you know, gift vouchers and stuff like that. But we didn't, we didn't have retail, we didn't have home experiences, uh, subscription models, we didn't have any of that. So it, it did hit us very hard. Um, and it's been, it's just been, it's been six months, but it feels probably more like three years, I'd say. Um, yeah. And we've just been rolling with the punches. I think we're very resilient in hospitality, but as a company, what else can you do other than just roll up your sleeves and take it as it comes? So mm -hmm. I'd say we, I, I, I personally feel a bit numb by it all. And you start to actually lose a bit of feeling in terms of some of the decisions you're making, things like that. That's when that's the worrying sign. But we're very optimistic. When we reopened, sales were, were beyond expectation. Demand is there. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing opportunities as well. So you guys basically diversified uh, your, your, your business model. You talked about subscription and, and home experience. Can you tell me about, about that? Yeah, the, the, I, th I think, I mean, one, you have to look at the positives in, in this if you possibly can. And ideas that we've had and spoken about for years have now happened within weeks and a month. So actually the pressure of um, not having agents, we don't retain the agencies at the moment, we don't have any budgets, we don't have any of this. So suddenly, if you want to do stuff, the option is you do it yourself or you get your hands dirty. And, and I re that's something I'm really enjoying. Um, but yeah, what, what did we do? We started to do these at-home cocktail experience kits. So one of our big, our big mission statements is that you can't recreate what we do at home or you can't recreate in anybody else's bars. So rather than just send out a cocktail box, we're sending you out um, you know, a, a box that the cocktail is, is properly branded, uh, you'll get some sort of um, clothing, whether that be like a 1940s hat or mm. something like that. You'll get a, um, a QR code that you'll, that you'll pick up on your phone and then that will then launch a very stylized 1940s film which tells you how mm. to make a cocktail and has suitable electro swing music. This, this mm. is for our 1940s brand. And that will be delivered through your post box with, within one to two days. So that's been a great success um, and it's growing week on week. I mean, it's still, it's still so much smaller than we'd even make in, yeah. in a week at one of the venues. It's more akin to what you might make on a weekend at the moment mm. um, in one venue. But it's, it's great for branding. It's great for having communication while everybody's stuck at home. And we're launching more stuff around sort of uh, at-home pizza kits. Mm -hmm. We partnered with Deliveroo to do some delivered Negronis with another brand. Mm -hmm. So 
that, that's the pleasing stuff that we, we're not standing still and we're doing stuff we probably should have done before. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, congrats on, you know, all these new, uh, these new ideas that you had to come up with. And I, I'm, I told you, like, I, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard. And, uh, I mean, you, you guys, uh, it's impressive how, how resilient you, you seem to be. And, uh, so, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Um, and, uh, you know, talking about resilience and, and all this, like, uh, I can't imagine, you know, ahead of marketing, uh you know in this <laughs> for this type of business right now like what what are you doing currently how do you keep you know motivated and you know what kind of projects do you do you work on right now to yeah uh, yeah it's it's um i mean if you think about my role's completely changed really from pre pandemic to what it is now and a lot of that's around people i think as we've grown i've probably become slightly less hands on in terms of some of the marketing but more constructing a team and motivating a team and developing a team and my team went from being you know my team's almost half the size of it was pre-pandemic due to you know, sadly, a small number of redundancy but also people leaving the business and we like i said before we we don't work with pr agency now so that's a big one of our marketing tools that disappeared so what it is now i think is trying to just look after the team and people primarily which is a struggle. I think that the lack of face-to-face -face contact is something I'm adjusting to, but it's definitely a challenge that, um, that is still there. You know, having the ability to speak to somebody face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. put your arm around them, you know, see their body language, you lose all of that. You speak mm -hmm. to them maybe for half an hour each day, whereas before I was sitting opposite them eight hours a day. So I knew when something was up, I could take them for a drink. I could, I could use all those little tools. So a lot of it's trying to keep the team together, trying to keep them motivated, looking after their mental health as, as best I can, but I can't that well. Mm -hmm. And then it's about our communications. It's about when we're in proper lockdown, how do we keep our brands relevant for when lockdown lifts and we want to be at the front of people's minds to, to start booking our places. There was an opportunity to speak to more people. A lot more people were spending time online. You know, mm -hmm. A good example would be my parents are in there. Six I've been trying to get them to use FaceTime and you know, yeah. Instagram and all this stuff. And it took a pandemic for that to happen. So there's a whole new market we can now speak to. So a lot of it was around communication, um, whether that be around like health and safety stuff, new experiences we can offer, when we're reopening, some incentives. Like there's been so much around trying to communicate the best we can internally and um, to consumers. Mm -hmm um so that's it really it's just yeah. sort of conversations that you have one one week uh almost certainly redundant by the next week because new government guidance comes out or, yeah. or whatever so it's just being quite nimble and trying to stay stay up to date i guess yeah um you, you told me about pr and how you basically had to cancel the agency and and start doing things by yourself did did you actually you know uh, how did that go like uh, did you just uh, take a course uh, how did, did you are you working with someone that uh, I don't know did you change the the approach how how did you manage that well it's uh, PR's been yeah I've I've been in the industry for over ten years and through, I've been in three different companies and as I've changed company PR's had increasing um, importance so I probably started off as somebody with next to no knowledge. And then every step, I've slightly increased the knowledge. But I've always had somebody who's done it 
for me effectively. So I've either managed an agency or more recently I bought somebody in-house um, to do that, to manage some of our brands and retained an agency. The thought behind that being that a proper PR professional in-house would know every conversation going on in our business, would see the sales every day, so would know where we needed to stimulate uh, sales. And they'd, they'd hear the small conversations going on from somebody in, in every facet of the business and then see opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that, that was working quite well. And then when, when the pandemic hit, we knew costs were going to be you know, something we had to control. So we, we paused our agency and sadly our in-house PR manager took the time of a lockdown to discover she wanted to change her career and sadly left us. So that left me there, um, you know, who's never done it, who's managed agencies mm -hmm. or tried to. Uh, and it's been an incredible experience. It's been the best learning experience in that mm -hmm. I wish I knew now, uh, knew then what I know now, and then I could <laughs> so much better manage people and appreciate the problems they have, mm -hmm. quite how laborious it is and how it's, um, uh, it's a really interesting um, way you have to work. So I've got, I better appreciate it now. And um, I'm nowhere near as good as what we had before. But I'm, I'm holding the fort as best I can and, and learning on the job. Yeah. So you just like you, I mean, you just, uh, how, how did you start? I mean, uh, I guess like you, you had already had a structure with the agencies and all that. So uh, I'm, I'm lucky, really lucky in that the lady who left did a fantastic handover, mm. just sort of, almost PR for dummies. Mm -hmm. uh, these are the press releases I've written previously. This is our target media list for each, uh, each brand and each exercise we do. Um, and then she just gave me a little tutorial on how it would happen. But it's just learning on the job. Like I'm, I might have a new experience launching at one of our venues. So I, I try and write a press release. It's nowhere mm -hmm. near as good as what she could. Then I get assistance from somebody else in my team who's more of a copywriter. We get it up to scratch. And then it's just looking at that target media list and really identifying who do we have a relationship with? Who do we know has been to our venues a lot? What they've written about before? Um, and, then and then there's a bit of a hierarchy within each organization. So you might say, okay, this, this uh, exercise we're doing is perfect for the Metro newspaper, say. Mm -hmm. But you've got eight different contacts there who do different things, different seniority, and you, heaven forbid you send it to all of them. Yeah. there's politics there so you're having to really be quite strategic um which is, which is something i really enjoy actually it's it's uh it, you know there's a strategy behind it there's there's just this blanket press release mm -hmm. it's making spoke to that person so yeah. it, it's fun I, I enjoy it but um it's definitely definitely a harder job than i appreciated ever, ever before <laughs> all right um did you did you find any uh uh, you know, uh, support from a mentor or, you know, a manager in your company or someone, you know, even outside the company during this period? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's a really good, really good question. Um, I've always found with mentors that I've actually never really, really identified them as a mentor at the time. It, it's looking back that you suddenly realize actually you, you picked up a lot from that person in terms of their behaviors. Um, or technical skills, but generally their behaviours and how they, how they treat people. So I think, yeah, I mean, the, the owners of my, my company now, just, I'm sure anybody would say this, but I think they've been through absolute hell and back, and yet they've managed to keep communication with me you know, mm -hmm. pretty good and being pretty honest with me. 
And I think it's just their honesty that I've, I've really, that's the sort of thing I'll try and carry through this. And I'm trying to do with staff is just try and be as honest as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I, I think you know, you're doing a great new po- podcast now and I, I've spent the last six months listening to podcasts of you know, great entrepreneurs mm-hmm. from all, all types of industries, not just hospitality and trying to learn. Um, it's like the, uh, the Airbnb guy, I was, mm-hmm. I was listening to him and how he dealt with it. And I felt, yeah, he, he just was so bang on the money, how he mm-hmm. prioritized looking after his staff, mm-hmm. then looking after his, his retailers effectively, that those who list their properties. And I just thought, he came across so well and mm-hmm. so that's somebody you know i'm just trying to learn as much as i can of different entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. learn good behavior yeah um i see what you mean when you talk about sometimes having mentors that are not like uh, you know officially mentors but people you just like look up look up to and uh, kind of you know people who can guide you even though you don't know them for sure i mean it's not an official thing but uh, it's uh it's more kind of a you know role models and uh uh, yeah, podcast is definitely something that uh, can help a lot. I mean, uh, you, you have access to to kind of long form conversations uh, and insights from people that uh, do not usually spend that much time, you know, talking about their yeah. their life and their challenges. And um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, is there is there any other way you, you do learn? Like, is there a, do you do you read a lot of blogs? Do you take courses from time to time like how, how do you manage that yeah i mean i think i've, I've over the years i've worked in quite big companies bigger companies than what i work for now including a virgin for a while and we were sent on courses i can't tell you how often i was on courses and sometimes i found out i was doing the same course again and <laughs> there are very very few um learnings i can take from those courses that i still retain from those courses that personally mm-hmm. i think me learning and this is how i like to build my team is you learn on the job like the best time to learn is when your superior goes on holiday or is away and you just have to do it and that's that's actually something i think w- will become a bigger thing going forward like post pandemic there's going to be less top heavy head office teams and you'll have to get people who actually you're going to have to jump in and do that thing over there you have no knowledge of it but you will learn as you do it mm-hmm. so i think my learning comes through just throwing myself into it um mm-hmm. I, I listen to a, a lot a lot of podcasts i think that's mm-hmm. probably one, one way i pick it up trawling through linkedin mm-hmm. um trying to read you know not necessarily read around um my industry but mm-hmm. read about great leaders great entrepreneurs and you know in the sporting environment especially mm-hmm. Um, but for learning for me, and I think it is for team members, it is mm-hmm. you have the practical element. I don't think it, especially in hospitality perhaps, but the best thing to do is just go and do it and make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, fail, make, make the lessons quite quickly and move on. I think that's the best learning practice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Lucy and I built a whole company around this, so I don't know if you checked out what we... <laughs> Well, yeah, the, yeah. what we do at implement but uh i definitely agree about this and uh uh you know taking hours and or even days sometimes for a very uh a, you know exploratory course where you have uh so much content that is not really relevant to what you're really trying to do uh, is definitely something we need to to shut down uh in in in, in, in large companies usually because 
smaller companies anyways you don't have that much budget for learning so <laughs> you know you yeah. take what you what you can find but uh uh yeah i mean so did you actually take a course twice without even like knowing <laughs> no, not to be you know too um not to shine a, a negative light on some of these companies but yeah, yeah for sure like i think there are certainly as you say in some of these bigger companies there's almost a tick box tick tick box approach to to learning and to coaching is that you have a staff member's file and then you as whoever the hr is or whoever's putting this in place the culture manager is literally just going through a thing have they done that course tick have they done that course tick it's not you know it's not um bespoke to that person mm. in terms of the best way in which they learn the best environment for them um i remember doing you know i did a before i joined one of these companies i did this sort of psychological um test it was a german name i can't remember what it was and then in the interview they brought this they brought this up to me and they showed me like different colors different arrows going everywhere saying this is what you're good at this is what you're not so good at this is how you like to learn all this stuff which i thought god isn't this really professional mm -hmm. but then they did nothing with that afterwards so i joined yeah. the company and then they taught me all my 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 learnings were exactly the same for if somebody had for the same per sorry a different person who had a completely different way of learning so it just seemed a bit bizarre to me that they they took the time to put you through that yeah. test and actually act upon it <laughs> i mean that that was probably just to see if you were uh, if you, if you were a good fit were you hired already or it was it after being hired uh, I think it. I think it was towards the end of the process of hiring. Oh, okay. I had an offer, but I was fairly confident it was um, it was going to happen. But it almost felt like it was just them ticking something else off the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recruitment I, I see. I actually went through the uh, the the Google uh, recruitment process until the end, right. and on the last stage, they had uh, a profiler uh, on a on a call, like just uh, being there. But I didn't know he or she was there. Uh, uh and everything went super well like uh, all the different stages and I, I got to the last stage and then at the end they said basically the profiler thought i wasn't you know uh, a good fit for corporate life so they didn't <laughs> for the google life um and actually i think they were they were definitely right i think they were right <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely so you know it was a good thing for me it just saved me saved me a lot of time uh, but yeah, I definitely see what you mean. Like, what's the point of doing this if you don't use it later? What's the point of courses if they're not meant for you and meant for what you really care about and what you want to do? Uh, for sure. I mean, this is why, um, you know, flexibility that offers free content like podcasts, like YouTube, stuff like that is, is still the first way to go for most people, just Googling stuff and learning by yourself. Uh, but I think it's, uh, it's sad that there's nothing out there to you know uh to 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 offer you know more and still being personalized and still anyways um so yeah thanks a lot for this i um i want to talk a little bit about uh so we we talked about uh, uh you know about learning um what are the skills right now that you feel are super important for you for the rest of your you know career when i'm talking about rest of your career like talking about next few years um, was there anything you think you should build? Was there anything you uh, you feel like you're missing right now? You want to improve on? Yeah, I think um, I think as as I sort of alluded to, when I got started, it really was um, a hands-on marketing role, and then you 
inevitably sort of go up through positions and you know because you're because you're within the marketing department you end up becoming the head of marketing and actually you end up doing less marketing and it's more about your leadership skills and mm-hmm. coaching skills and i think that you know that's something that i'm constantly trying to improve especially as over time the people that i manage have completely changed in terms of when i first started that work i'd hire people who were very similar to me very similar backgrounds probably closer in age to what to what I was um, and and probably I just saw a bit of myself in them and then as you get older and you end up moving to more developed mature businesses you have to hire specialists and you end up hiring far far more diverse people who do stuff that you can't do mm. so I think the future learnings for me really are probably around more leadership skills mm. and, and certainly trying to manage people who have different uh, work ethics to you, different beliefs to you. Yeah. You know, it's, um, that's, that's a constant challenge. Um, uh, but, but, you know, something we, we all have to experience. And then I think technically it's probably trying to just learn a bit more, um, the roles that I'm hiring for. A lot of the times I've just hired people because they're, they're brilliant at it. And because they don't, because I don't know anything that they do mm-hmm. and that they're just filling that knowledge gap. But especially the pandemic and losing certain roles and things like that, I think I need to have a better understanding of actually what they do and the challenges they face, um, which, which if I'm honest, sometimes I've turned a bit of a blind eye to when I've been like, God, it's good that I don't know what they do. But yeah. Actually, I have a bit of a better understanding in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so do you, do you like set up time to do this or... I mean, do you plan on setting up time to do this or is it something that uh, uh, you guys have set up at the uh, inception group or do you have some days like for learning and uh, uh, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, think, I think if we're honest, we haven't really had, had that time before. We haven't prioritized it. I mean, there is time, it's just how mm-hmm. you prioritize it. So we've been such a sort of um, you know, growing, evolving business, which has been great that a lot of the focus has purely been on momentum um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, the next goal, next goal, next goal, next goal. It's been quite relentless. And I'd say that about hospitality as an industry in general mm-hmm. is absolutely relentless. It's one of the few environments where, you know, you work really hard for one night, that night is now gone. You're on to the next night, that's gone, yeah. you know. So, but th- this has been a really good reset for us as a company and we're looking to really make some big changes in terms of structure in the company and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there will be time for these learnings. I think a, a great thing we could do, and I hope we do introduce is people trying to find time to work in other people's roles, mm-hmm. whether that be shadow them or we always do a thing where head office people go and work actually in the venues for a night or a couple of nights, even, even the owners would do it just to try and appreciate the challenges, the numerous challenges that operators have. Um, and I think it'd be good if we did that the other way around, if operators came and worked in the support head office department and yeah. understand you've got different pull and pull factors on you, you've got different venues all wanting your resource, you've got budget constraints. So I, th- I think hopefully in the future we will make time for that. Yeah. Um, I'm so curious about how you how you market uh, venues and bars and nightclubs. Like, I I'm, I don't know. Can you tell me more about this? Like, it's true that I you have uh, 
it's it's very event centered, right? Is it uh, is that how it works? Like you guys throw up throw events and how how does it how does it work? Yeah, so you know when I first started out, I was purely in nightclubs. I spent um, you know five or six five or six years in nightclubs, and it's very different. It's very short term. You know, ultimately, it's about bums on seats and people through the door. So a lot of it's about promotion. Yeah. So it's fairly basic. Um, you know, great entertainment, fairly good drinks, attractive people. That's that's pretty much the formula, and relatively good service. But I think now I'm in a more of a bar environment. It's more about the medium to long term marketing. Mm. So it's great. It's about great hospitality, which you know, which is different to service. It's about you know making people feel really warm, mm. really welcome. Word of mouth is still our best marketing tool, mm-hmm. but. I said the way I do it is really trying to build great brands mm-hmm. and that's all back on every time. Um, so it's about building really strong brand identity, making something quite unique and niche. Like there isn't really another Victorian themed bar operator. There's mm-hmm. not really a 1940s nostalgic bar operator. Mm-hmm. So trying to carve out a real strong niche and then build some, build some strong brands. Mm-hmm. We do that through quite a few tools, but a lot of it's been around PR. We, we try and do activations and activities that go viral. Mm-hmm. So rather than spend huge amounts of money on advertising, which I've never ever done, mm-hmm. we try to do more guerrilla type marketing stuff to spend relatively little money, but do something that's very disruptive, very, mm-hmm. very new. We never mm-hmm. want to do something people have done um, already, although we will take inspiration and put our twist on it. Mm-hmm. So, Bars are really fun. If, you, if you've got best bartenders in London working in our bars, mm-hmm. we've got beautiful uh, decorated venues. Mm-hmm. We've got exceptionally talented managers. So that, above that, it's all really about the story mm-hmm. and how you tell that story into consumers. Yeah, I, I, I only guess because I, and I can only imagine because it's so competitive. Like everything is about being different, right? For this type of industry, I guess. I, I mean, for if I can, I'm trying to summarize like what you said uh, about creating identity, creating brands. Uh, yeah, I guess when you have so much competition, especially in London, um, yeah, you need to be different from with everything you do, right? Yeah, you, you do. I think I think the the competition. I used to absolutely hate competition. It's. Mm. I remember when I worked in nightclubs. Hark back to that. That there were times when a nightclub would open up next door, and suddenly all your supposed friends who you used to see every night go to the next door one and there were people I wouldn't even speak to. I took it so personally. Yeah. I wouldn't speak to them. There are nightclubs that are some of the best clubs in London that I've never walked into because I, or I, or I'd crossed the road. I took it so personally. I wouldn't go near them. <laughs> Now I think with bars and stuff, the, competi- the competition is actually a bit different and actually is quite helpful. Mm. You want to build a sort of culture of people going out Uh, for cocktails which we didn't used to have in in, in london or in this country mm-hmm. and now we have it we have some of the best bars in the world there mm-hmm. i think people will bar hop a lot they'll um they'll, yeah, they'll go to one great bar in soho then they'll want to discover maybe one or two more on the same night and something somebody said to me a while ago which was quite a basic thing was you've only got to be five percent better than the cocktail bar next to you and you're going yeah. to get every Everyone. you haven't got to try and conquer the world mm-hmm. we probably do try and conquer the world but this operator didn't and it it's true you have only got to be that little bit better and you'll get all their business mm-hmm. so yeah it's about being 
slightly different from them. I think you, as long as your hospitality and your service is better than the next bar, then you, you, you're in, on, on good footing. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly competition in the bar environment, I think is quite a healthy and, and good thing for us. Yeah. Um, what would you say to someone that, that wanted to be, you know, very good at, at doing what you're doing, meaning, you know, promoting, promoting bars, promoting the uh, nightlife experiences? What, what would you tell them? Well, I'd, I'd encourage them to do it. I think that's, that's such a, you know, not a sadness for me, but I do find it dis- disappointing that there are hardly any young people who want, who want to do it. Um, oh. when, you know, when I started out, you know, I started on £16,000, which given the hours I was doing, I was you know, probably below minimum wage. I'd clean the toilets, I'd stand on the front door, I'd take deliveries, and then I'd try and do some, a bit of what I thought was marketing. Mm. I don't know if young people had the same appetite and hunger for it. And I, and I, don't th- I think it's a business that if, you, if you're not hungry for it, if you haven't got the appetite and the passion for it, Mm-hmm. then I wouldn't bother doing it because mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty hard at first. You're going to work pretty, pretty mm-hmm. tough hours. It's pretty tough on your mental health at times. Mm-hmm. The whole lifestyle of being out most nights drinking, mm-hmm. um, lack of sleep, you know, you've got to really have a passion for it or, or don't bother. Yeah. But on the flip side of it, it's given me opportunities that I, I honestly wouldn't have believed. Like when I was at school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. If somebody told me this is what working in nightclubs and bars will give you, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't bite their hand off. I just wouldn't believe them. I've worked with some incredible people from all around the world. I've, I've mm-hmm. managed to travel with it. I managed to win awards with it. I managed to create careers with it. You know, you manage to do so much. You can do anything with it. There's no real structure within it, so you can you can make it what you like. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is just people having the hunger for it and then totally going for it. Why do you think it's uh, it's not attracting young people? Is it the kind of the work-life balance? Is it the it's strange to me? Like I feel like uh, it should be swarming with young people who want to build a career there. Yeah, I think I mean you. I think in some countries it is. I think certainly you look at Italy. Some of the best bartenders in the world, well, a good degree of them are ladies and men from Italy. Now, in the last few years, it's been very very hard to get a cocktail bar lady or bar. and you look at me working in marketing i don't think when i was at you know, a fairly good private school in london when you went to the careers advice person yeah. it wasn't they're going to work in hospitality <laughs> yeah that wasn't one of the options you'd be more like to be told you want to be a zookeeper or something it was like so not on the radar yeah. so i think it was seen as a bit of a step down i think in england it or in the UK, it's often seen as a, a part-time job that you do between jobs or as a secondary job. Um, but that, hopefully that's starting to change. It's changed a bit in the restaurant world, so maybe it'll flow through to, to our world. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I think certain backgrounds just don't see it, see it as being something um, to be super proud of. But I do think that is, that is starting to change. Um, and, and now, you know, there's been a big shake-up with this pandemic, you know, people hospitality has probably been hit more than anything but you will see people starting to move across different industries and work in environments maybe they wouldn't have considered them before mm. so what's what what's the next step for you in uh in your career right now you're so you're kind of head of marketing i don't know is there someone uh, 
above you? Do you have a boss you report to in marketing or are you the top of the, the department? Yeah, a top, a top of the department um, at the moment. So it, it's, I think that, that's a very good question. Uh, what's the next step? Uh, it's, it's tricky. I mean, I guess there's, the options are to you know, stay where I am, uh, believe in the growth and keep it going, you know, move, move to a like-minded company. I think that's quite hard to do. Go a lot, go along the sort of consultancy lines, you know, think that you've learned quite a lot over the last few years and try and impart that knowledge onto others. Um, try and open up your own business, uh, whether that be a bar or something like that. So at the moment, those are probably, um, my head's probably a mixture of all those things. But what I would say is that this, the pandemic and the challenge has got me interested again. I was probably coasting a bit before. Mm -hmm. now I'm having to get my hands dirty and it feels a lot like the company was maybe five years ago when it was all about innovation creativity no budgets no rules no red tape uh, and that's quite exciting yeah. and I think it, it's gonna I've learned more in the last sort of six months than I probably did in the maybe the, the two years previous to that um, so it's, it's quite an interesting time there's certainly no boring days at the moment. Um, yeah. So we, have, we will have to see. We'll have to see on that front. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing how when you're going through challenging times like this, you, you learn so much. And uh, if, you're, if, if that's what drives you, the learning, I, yeah, I definitely recommend starting your own business at some point because <laughs> this is learning every day. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've got used to sort of a degree of stress, so maybe that set me up well to set up, set up my own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I. Uh, so you told me that you had, uh, you know, uh, you know, sadly, kind of restricted the, I mean, reduced the size of the team uh, due to the to the pandemic. Um, so right now, do you have, uh, you still have a, a small team, right? Like, uh, how many people do you have? Yeah. So the, currently, there's a team of. Uh, me plus three within marketing okay. um, and you know, before, before the pandemic that was me uh, plus five and then you know a while ago it was probably me plus seven or eight so there's um, there's been changes in the size of the team I think there are some benefits to having a smaller team in that mm -hmm. you can work more directly with them um, you know something I'm really hot on is a no excuse culture I hate you know if something hasn't been done you know, I don't want to hear it was that person's fault. And this is this is myself as well. I used to find every every excuse under the sun. Um, I remember once when I first started working, I was asked. I, I worked in a really terrible nightclub. It was absolutely like on his ass. Like mm -hmm. every problem it could have, it did have. And I was like there to try and revive it without much experience. And the guy. I think it was the operations director for this national company came down. He's like, listen, what's going on? And I said, it was this, I said it was that. And I was like, oh, I need something I can't be blamed for. I was like, it was 2008. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, it's the recession. He's mm -hmm. like, there is no recession. Forget, don't ever mention a recession to me. And I just, at the time I was like, you know, my head was spinning. I thought I was going to be sick. I was like, God, what's mm -hmm. going on here? I don't want to hear about the excuses. I don't want to hear the pandemic on. I don't want to hear that you're waiting for that from that person. You haven't had that signed off. Just go and do it. And that's 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 um that's hopefully a good thing of a smaller team. 
everybody has their role. Don't hide behind anybody else. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the um, on the whole philosophy of, of you know going for it and all, but uh, uh, I, I, I'm sure like you you've been supporting them also through these uh, through these uh, difficult like times and uh, so how how do you support them right now when when you know it's not easy for uh, for anyone so yeah uh, you know how 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 have you been working with them as well because you guys I I guess you're doing remote work or. Yeah. So how how do you still preserve that team spirit that uh, and uh, you know that uh, that help and that uh, uh, caring for them basically how how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, I I, I mean I think it's, it's impossible that it's going to be you can't create the same team spirit now as you had then. So you need to create a new team spirit or a new bond. Mm -hmm. That's probably the biggest thing I think. I mean. For me, I think of all of our venues and everything we do, it's all about winning. You know, it's about having that shared success. So right now, you need to redefine what is success. Before, success for us might have been making X number of millions a year. Now it's, can we sell tens of thousands of pounds worth of yeah. at-home cocktails? So it's redefining what will success be. Mm -hmm. and, and right now, success might be, we're still open next month. Mm -hmm. That is success for us. We don't have any more redundancies. That's success. Mm -hmm. So letting your team know what, what the goals are. I think they are under a huge amount of pressure. There's a lot of anxiety going on right now. And whereas anxiety probably used to be something people sniffed at, I think now you know, the majority of people do accept that it's a, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. So it's about protecting them. It's about you might have demands from the very top of the company that are completely understandable we need, yeah. we need to make these things happen but it's maybe about interpreting reinterpreting that in the right language mm -hmm. saying it at the right time to the right people managing their workload so it's being a bit of a filter mm -hmm. um and then the funny thing is although i used to sat, sit opposite these people for eight or nine hours a day mm -hmm. i probably actually talk to them more now mm -hmm. because a, a, a good deal of my my belief is that you should just give autonomy to, to staff. You, mm -hmm. That's what works for me. And that's my, that's what my go-to in most situations is just give them total, your total belief, mm -hmm. give them as much freedom as you possibly can, let them make mistakes and don't pull them up on it. You know, you let a few of them slide even, even when you see them happen and just let them really feel like that they own that job. Um, so I'm still a, a big believer in that. But because of that, I didn't actually interact as, as much with them previously, apart from some key touch points. Whereas now we, we speak pretty well every morning. Um, and it's not necessarily about work. It's more, you know, what you're enjoying in your social life or have you read that article or trying to make them laugh, um, which through, through various ways and probably not all successful, but... Yeah. Um, it's trying to just yeah just just keep communication going i think yeah um definitely and so uh, it's a it's a definitely a new way of working and we need we all need to learn uh but it's uh it's hard it's hard it's hard to keep uh that social kind of uh bond and uh and recreate that digitally it doesn't it just doesn't work i feel like sometimes you just need to meet up and uh yeah so i um yeah i think uh we're gonna wrap this up. It's already been, uh, you know, all the almost 50 minutes. Um, so Simon, thank you so much. Uh, do you have any? 
do you have any way we can reach you and connect with you online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a lot of time on my hands at the moment. So, uh, Twitter, probably the best one, Simon J. Allison, which is also the Instagram, and then LinkedIn. I mean, it's funny, like, it seems to, I think we met through LinkedIn. So, it's funny yeah. how, you know, somebody had told me five years ago that LinkedIn would be the social media I spend most of my time on. I've, <laughs> God, what you know? What's gonna What's gonna have gone wrong in my life? You know, I've become yeah. like you know what, what's going on. And now the first thing I look at every morning is LinkedIn rather than yeah. rather than Instagram. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and uh, it was really a pleasure to talk to you and know more about what you do and your industry and uh, and all that. Uh, so yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Simon. And uh, thank you very much. Thank yes. you so much.